Thanks for listening to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now, here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Deep Thoughts with Dixons. We're so glad to have you guys back. Ah, you hear that? What was that? That's this grade A Japanese matcha I'm sipping on right now. Organic grade A matcha. Oh, wow. Don't forget to throw the organic in there. See how well I treat you? You do. This is good. This tastes really good. Mm -hmm. What do they have to to do to make this, you think? Reverse osmosis of of the matcha tree? (laughs) I just almost said something very inappropriate. (laughs) Politically inappropriate. It's good. No, I think it's it's very tasty. We always like to get our tea game on proper whenever we start these podcast episodes. We always make sure we've got nice, either some type of black tea with cardamom and fennel Fennel. seeds and cinnamon, uh, which is super good in there. And then we also switch it up on other weeks and we'll do matcha and put some stuff in there too. But today we got matcha rocking with us. It's going to get us through this episode. Yeah. A little zing to it. Yeah. That's how we get through it. Um, All right. We hope you guys enjoyed our last episode. It was very much out of the the blue and very random for us. But this was the originally scheduled episode for last week that we're going to be doing now. And... We'll start off with our lifestyle tip, which I'm going to let you carry, basically, because I think you're very good at this. I have now just become very um, intentional um, about everything now that I do, but that's what our lifestyle tip is about. It's about being very intentional in what you think and in what you do. It has to be both. Um, I think a lot of the times we... We just do things out of out of a routine, you know, or what's expected of us. We don't really think through as to why we're doing something. Here's here's most of the routine that I feel like a large percentage of people around the world do. It. Ready? Wake up, get ready, eat food, go to work, come home, watch TV, go to sleep. Yeah, I mean, and are people like, even intentional about their breakfast or their morning workout or what they're thinking about on their commute to work? Like, is there intention behind something? And how about you clarify for everybody what intention really means? I think intention is basically just creating clarity around what it is that you want to do and then directing your energy to that 100% and like focusing on it and allowing yourself to be very peaceful and calm in that goal you're trying to attain in that outcome. So I'll take it a step further. I also think that intention is not just like what you want to do, but why are you doing it right because when you get your why down then you know what you have to do for it and then you can be intentional about your actions that's what simon sinek told me and i just think that that's where people kind of lack and and we do too right growing up we didn't really have many intentions we just did what we were told well you know i think i didn't used to have this down to the extent that i do today and i'm continuously getting better don't get me wrong i'm not trying to say i've got this down super well but i've worked on it for years and years and looking back on it I think this is what happens with a lot of people because I used to do this too is like you would get up, you would like rush to get ready or rush to make food so you can get to work um, and then you're driving to work and you're blasting music and not even paying attention really to what's going on. So you're just like drowning out your mind when you're and you may just be thinking about something completely differently, but you're really not intentional and paying attention to what's going on. 
get to work. You're not like, like you're, you may be overwhelmed by all the tasks you have to do. So you're not actually calm and intentional with each little task and assignment that you're trying to knock out each and every day. Leave, you come home, you, you know, you're, you want to decompress. So you turn on the TV and it, and it basically just entertains your mind as opposed to you be intentional on what you want to do while you're at home. And then you go to sleep and you do it again the next day and the next day. And I think it is basically trying to take a step back and objectively view like, like look at your last 24 hours of your last 24 hours of your life. How much of it were you present in the moment, totally in your flow state with exactly what you were doing versus maybe doing something, but completely thinking about something else. And how much of it were you aligned with like the end result? Were you really matching up your actions with what you're trying to achieve? For example, if you're trying to lose weight, did you intentionally pick your lunch? Did you make your own salad from home and bring it? Or did you pick a healthy lunch? You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be intentional. If that's what you were going for. Then you had to have made an intentional choice or decision in your food choices for that day. That's just a small example I'm trying to use. But I think that's very important. And people with work especially kind of just do it, do it, like do the same thing over and over again the same way and don't realize that if they have a goal that's X, their action too needs to be X. And on that same aspect, I think it's important to think about measuring what you're doing because that can help you set better intentions and stay clearer with those. For example, like if you're working on a very big project and say it takes a lot of time to accomplish this project because there's a lot of different subtasks, sometimes it can feel like you're, you're just overwhelmed by all the stuff you have to do and you don't have a chance to really take a step back and think about the bigger picture as much, right? You're working in the project as opposed to on the project. And when you can recognize that and then begin to measure what you're accomplishing on a daily basis, maybe even try to break out it in subtasks where you've got like a bar graph so you can visually see the bar graph growing until you hit your goal. This works really well for humans because I feel like it's like the way we think we like to see traction with what we're doing. You know, Um, there's this good example I always use like you know, when you're working, usually in the business world, you don't always get that immediate gratification of exactly what you're working on. It could take days, months, years before you see the result of something, as opposed to say you go and you like pull weeds in your yard or mulch your lawn. Like that may take you an hour, hour and a half for however long, but it's when you're done, you immediately see the results. You don't necessarily see that in other areas of things that you do with your life when you're working on personal or professional goals. And if you have your end result in mind and you basically subtask that out and then measure that on a daily or weekly basis on these are the tasks I'm creating, you'll be much more intentional because you'll see that bar graph growing each and every day or week until you reach your final goal. And I think that'll help people as a tactical step to set better intentions, be more focused on individually what they're doing and be more calm and in the moment with everything they're working on. Yeah. You know, earlier you went through like a, a morning routine of somebody who wasn't being intentional, but why don't we share like our schedules when like with intention, like I wake up and the first thing I do is like intentionally think about people that I love and care about in my life. I'm never replaying the day before or the night before I used to, like if I went to bad bed mad or upset about something or something peeved me or I had a tough day the night before or the day before I used to carry it into the next day. You kind of, you know this, I used to have like a mm-hmm. bad mood then, Sure. but anymore it's like, that I, I've come to a place now where 
I'm good with that. Like I'm very, I had to practice a lot. It took me several months, but now I'm at a point where that just doesn't, that automatically doesn't filter into my new day. And I think about those people, I say I'm going to have a great day in my head. I'm like grateful and thankful that we're all healthy, like, like the basics, right? But I'm intentional. And before I get up and like actually walk off my bed, like I've already quote unquote put out a very good intention, a very grateful intention for my life. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about the dogs. I'm not thinking about career or bills or money or this or that or the to-do list. Then I brush my teeth. I move on. And again, while I'm like going to the gym, I've talked about this before. I'm intentional, not just in my actions, but in my thoughts. And by being intentional with my thoughts, always making sure that they're positive, stopping myself and pausing myself the minute I have a negative thought about myself or about somebody else, all of this plays into my mood and keeps me happy and light and airy and positive. And with that, helps me focus on things that are important in life. There are a lot of us out there when we're at work, we're busy talking about like Susie and Sally. When really you should be focusing on work. Here I go with my names again. Susie and Sally. <laughs> Tom <laughs> and Richard. Tom, Dick and Harry. <laughs> um, but really like that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like we have to be more intentional and not just like open our mouths and just say whatever or just do whatever or just think whatever. Like I think that's the mo- one of the most important to me is the thinking part. Even when you're alone, be intentional with your thoughts and the more positive and uplifting they are and the more you think in a way to better yourself or to be in a better mood or only think things and only focus on things that make you happy, you're going to start to see a shift in your life and in your work product. And if you're trying to move through this process of learning and repeating of setting these intentions each and every day and you're finding it challenging for yourself because maybe your mind is racing... I would try to take a step back and try to understand what is it that you're thinking about. If your mind is racing and you're having a difficult time to center yourself, to set these intentions very calmly, then you're probably either anxious or fearful about something that is potentially not even going to happen or will happen, but you're just, it's, it's a future event. So you're anxious or nervous about it. You're fearful or you're upset from something that has already occurred and If that has happened, that's already in the past. You can't change that. So if you're recognizing that your mind keeps racing and you're having a challenge actually centering yourself, take a step back, become aware of that, recognize it, and then free yourself from those emotions so that you can then clear your head. Um, You know, you, you have to ask yourself, what is it that I'm thinking about and why is it? And then you'll be able to clear that up. So that's what I'd recommend in terms of like a tactical step to really help yourself with this if you find it challenging at first. Very well said, young Buddha. Thank you. All right, let's Buddha, go, Buddha be dicks. Let's go on to our um, main topic. So, title of this topic is "Why Most People Never Get What They Want." I kind of wanted to make it more positive than that, but I feel like we have talked about these things before, and so I'm trying to put a different spin on them. And what as, if we just reframed it? Because there's so much power in language. What right. if we reframed as I, it? As, as I learn more, I think like, wow, I understand this message and this point so much better this way or from this author or this book than I did from that book five years ago. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So the way this was framed and and the way this came about, I felt was very interesting and very helpful because I never, I have now, but in the past when I was younger, I never really looked at life this way. Like we never, why most people never get what they want. When we're growing up through life and many of us still feel that way, we feel like it's a struggle. We feel like 
we're always trying to attain something and to attain it, we're always working against something or someone trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like a genie? Like, oh, I want this and I got it. You know, I want this and I got it. Everything seems to be work, quote unquote, for the, for most of us. I'm not talking about like the Hiltons or, you know, but everything does feel like work. And so you kind of, and when you're doing these self-development things, you're listening to these self-help podcasts and you're doing these practices off the secret book and you're doing all these things and these exercises to help yourself get into this space of manifesting and positivity and, you know, like a thriving, flourishing life in all areas of your life, but it's not happening for you. That's where I think life gets very confusing. Like I've talked to you about this before. There are days, maybe once in a blue moon, that I'm like, I'm literally being intentional, being grateful, writing in my journal, doing everything, trying to line my actions with my thoughts and words. Like I'm doing it all and like I'm still not where I want to be in X, Y, Z. Right? It feels like work and struggle. So then you get confused and you're like, is all this just bullshit? Like is this just like hullabaloo like is this garbage that i'm reading and you know tony robbins and gary v and all these people are just nobodies like they're just like selling something to people and people are eating it up and i would say no it's not um it's real it takes time but i think that one of the reasons that it could be you could be feeling that you're not getting what you want and feeling very confused is because you're your life is misinforming you because you're misinforming life. Does that make sense? Like life is only mirroring back to you what you're showing life itself. And what I mean by that is honesty. I think many of us are not fully, you know, that like I can be honest with you, Brian, right? But there's a, you know, this in the Japanese, I believe it's the Japanese. They say you wear three faces. Ready? Go for it. It's the one you show your friends. The world. The world. Yeah. The one you show yourself. Close family and friends. Close family and friends. And the one you only show yourself. And the one you only show yourself like when you're alone. And I think that that's the face that some of us never face in reality, even when we're alone. Mm -hmm. Hence my intentional thoughts um, earlier when we talked. That you're never really honest with yourself. You're never alone to be honest with yourself you're constantly engaging in media and movies and drinks and friends and instagram um and music in your car like can you actually just sit there and get honest with yourself and just ask what do i want what is it that i'm trying to attain what kind of life do i want what kind of marriage do i want what kind of career do i want what kind of morning do i want for the rest of my life what kind of vacations do i want to take you know what kind of lifestyle do what kind of friendships do i want Is there something wrong with the ones I have now? Do you actually go out of your way to question your life or to question the people in your life or question what you're doing? That's where the problem lies, I think. And that's why people don't get what they want because they're out there trying to attain things based off the noise that they're receiving from the world around them. You know, it's what is more respected in society. So I want to go to school for this job. This job pays me a hundred grand right out of college, so I want to go for that job. You know, um, it's not really well respected if you're quote unquote a starving artist. So then you kind of like quiet your desire. You don't talk about it anymore as you get older. You don't even look into it anymore. You kind of like hush it down and keep pushing and pushing and pushing it. And on the surface, you might be like, you know, chasing other things. 
that really aren't in a line with you. And that's why they're not working out for you. I look back on some things that I didn't get or didn't attain um, as early as just three years ago. And just two nights ago talking to you, we, we stayed in this past weekend. I had like an epiphany and I was like, wow, I didn't get that. I didn't get the job that I wanted because in my heart, I didn't want to be working for somebody else. And I couldn't even, I could not voice that because I was so fearful of someone judging me for saying that because I sound like a snob when I say that, you know, someone who doesn't know my background doesn't understand that I come from a family of entrepreneurs, like nobody's worked for anybody else that who does she think she is, you know? And so you look back and it's like all the work and all the hard work that I did and like how much I suffered emotionally and all the stuff that I had done. And there was one particular job that I wanted. I got a, I got a ton of jobs that I didn't like though. But in doing that, I had realized like that it wasn't aligned with who I was and what I wanted to really, really do. And I had so much untapped, suppressed potential in me for other avenues and other industries and other things in me that I wasn't listening to, you know? So my real Nina, like the honest Nina just wasn't there yet. And it took time and it took a bunch of no's from everybody. It took a lot of closed doors. It took a lot of alone time for me to actually get honest. What you just said, I think is important when you're an individual and you're starting to go after a path that your head thinks is the right thing to do. And then you start understanding you're experiencing a bunch of resistance, roadblocks, doors aren't closing, not getting the jobs you want, not getting the connection you needed. When you start seeing that happen repetitively, you, you know, you want to really understand, are you going after what your head is telling you or what your heart is telling you? Mm-hmm. It's two completely different things. And like Nina mentioned the starving artist example, like, you know, the people that are, love to make music or poetry or, or, you know, art or whatever it happens to be. And they don't pursue that and maybe shut that down and suppress that area of their life because they think they can't ever make a living out of it as opposed to maybe putting themselves on a path where they can work and do that on the side and try to grow it until they reach a point where they can actually do it full time and you know that that's a difficult thing it's challenging the world that we live in unfortunately does not reward the creative expression of people it rewards much more of the analytical numbers driven uh, capitalistic type things right and it doesn't even reward a woman I'm, i'm saying a woman because i'm thinking about somebody right now it doesn't even reward a woman who wants to go do some charity work it doesn't even reward that person who wants to just go around and help all the animals in the world you know and just like foster animals or foster you know dogs or whatever it is it doesn't even reward that person what kind of society are we where we let people who want to do kind acts want to suppress their feelings because they can't make a living out of it because they can't feed themselves? Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think that's sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Uh, so basically what I was getting at with that is that when you move forward, and you start experiencing these barriers, really take a step back and understand if you are going after what you truly want what's your intuitive your intuition telling you that you want or are you going after it because of external circumstances saying you should do this or what society has told you or what your logic side of your brain is saying as opposed to what your innate ability actually is and if you understand that oh yeah i'm experiencing a bunch of roadblocks because i'm going after what my head is telling me to do 
then change your path. And I guarantee you that doors will start to open once you start aligning with what it is you truly desire that you want to do. Yeah. And what I'm not saying you, I know that this is very hard to figure out when you're in the middle of it. You don't know whether you're supposed to give up or whether you're supposed to keep going. But what I will say is if you can just forget what's happening right now or what's not happening for you and just take a step back and say, why do I really want this? Why do I really want that job? Or why do I really want that car? Or why do I really want this? It's sad, but statistics have shown, and I don't have the article in front of me, that the majority of us want something or desire something for a very egotistical reason. And that's never going to happen. Um, You could want a job because it's going to fulfill some sort of status quo for you within your family or within society. You could want a certain car because all your friends have nice cars, not because you need one. You might have a perfectly working car, but it just might not. So if you're not aligned within yourself, just face that answer. I Don't be shy. I've had some very funny egotistical answers for myself when I've really gotten honest with myself and almost to a point of like materialism too. And I'm not afraid to admit that. I was young and stupid. But as I've gotten older, I have this like notion of like, yeah, I do want X, Y, Z and I don't need it. But my desire is there to experience that or to have that. And I'm okay with it at the right time in the right place in the right way. It's going to appear and I'm going to work for it. And it'll, it'll all happen and work out. I'm not desperately chasing it. And every day waking up and saying, why hasn't it happened yet? Why isn't it? Why don't I have this? Why, why am I not there? Again, feeling like I don't ever get anything that I want. That's the wrong vibration you're giving off. Just be honest with yourself that yes, I want it because it's cool and I need it and then let it go. But I think there's, this is step one, by the way. So the step one to when you're not getting what you want, you feel like you don't. I think the first thing is to be very, very honest with yourself. Not what your spouse wants, not what your family members want. And we say this a lot in this episode because I feel that our generation and the one immediately before us has faced that a lot. I feel like economic America kind of brainwashed and shaped everybody from like, you know, our parents and down into thinking and believing that like the best thing you can do and the highest thing you can do is go for higher education. You know, the best thing you can do is have a title before or after your name. And these are the highest paying jobs. You have to understand that life, that's, first of all, that's not true. And second, even our economic circumstances have changed. Life has changed. I mean, we're two generations out of that picture now. It's not the same anymore. I mean, there are artists making more than anybody out there just following their path. But I think the first thing is to be extremely brutally honest with yourself with things that you want even with a person that you love or you're married to or you want to marry or that you're dating or you haven't found somebody yet and you're looking for someone that you want to date and you're one of those people thinking I you know I can never find that guy I can never find that girl well what do you really want are you putting out the right by just saying that I can never find them will mimic the circumstances that will occur Right. When you're saying I can never find somebody, you're never going to find them. Yeah. And you have to put out like, do you even know what you want in a person down to what they look like, how they treat you, what their ambitions are or not in life, what kind of person they are, what kind of, you know, growth that person has? Because we all grow. That's a big mistake that people make in relationships. They think they're going to marry that person who he is now and it's going to be the same person. Brian is 100 percent not the same person that I dated three years ago. And you know what's interesting, what you just said, if you don't know 
exactly what you want in a person. That is totally okay also. Yeah. Like I, whenever we first met, I wasn't even like, I had no clue what I exactly we wanted kids. in a person. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't, whenever we met, and I think this happens to a lot of people too, and you need to be able to be aware of it. You, sometimes you meet people not ever having any type of preconceived notion in mind about what you're exactly wanting. Even if you do have a very preconceived notion about, I want somebody, who, I want a guy who's six foot two and dark hair and dark eyes and dark complected, like all these different things that you may think is your perfect dream person. And you may run into somebody randomly that's blonde hair, blue eyes, 180 degrees difference. And all of a sudden there's like an instant soul connection yeah. with that person, right? You can't, you have to be, you want to go after what you want, but you also have to not... Like if your goal is to get somebody that you're meant to be with and all of a sudden you have all these things down about what that person is going to look like and be like, and then you get the person you're supposed to be with and they have all these amazing qualities, but some of them are slightly different than what it was. Focus on the the end result, not how it actually occurs. Well, I think that that's where you have to not just be physical when it comes to dating or getting the person that you want. And you're trying to be honest with yourself as to who you want for yourself for like a lifelong partner. It's not just about looks. I think you have to go peel that layer and go beyond that and say I want somebody who's doting I want somebody who lets me be me I want a supportive husband I want somebody who's very very affectionate and I get that if if you're somebody in your early 20s or um, mid 20s you might not you might not have had enough life experiences to be able to say that I want someone doting or I want somebody who's very affectionate because you don't know what you want yet you don't you haven't seen too much of what you don't want you know and so perfect examples when I met you I was 22 I think yeah and although you came along you were on like physically you were nothing like I want except for the dark hair and tall I actually went for tall dark and muscular types of people like that's what I was going towards I was so shallow like I admit that 100% and after we dated for a year and a half you showed me like, wow, he's so he's not jealous, which I had experienced before you. You weren't controlling. You were very supportive. You were very goal oriented. You were a very focused guy. Um, you got straight A's at school, too. You were very smart, um, very a homebody, just like myself. But then also you were very open intellectually. Like I was very curious about other things aside from infinite curiosity is yeah. the way to be. Like we like to learn about diet and food and, you know, different religions and different things. So he, I don't know, intellectually, we like really got along. And then after we broke up, you know, we went through a period of four to five years of dating other people. And that's where I was shown things that I didn't want or things that I liked that Brian didn't have in him. You know, like that's where my experiences really started to shape me. I was much older, uh, mid to late 20s. And that's when I was not comparing, but trying to be honest with myself of like, am I stringing this new, this guy along now? Like, I don't like that he drinks. I don't like this or I don't like that. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, at that point, what you can live with and what you can't. What is your match? What's not your match? And that's where I say you have to be very, very honest with yourself your guy might not be that person, you know, that your parents are like, oh, he makes so much money, he's going to take care of my daughter and he's, you know, good on paper, blah, blah, blah. He has a steady job. Maybe he's like in a transitionary period in his life. When Maybe he wants him. to be a kept man. Maybe. You know? <laughs> no biggie. It, it's, I'm exactly. down. Exactly. Like you have to be open, but just know yourself and everything else will align. Trust me. Um, but here are some questions that can help 
anybody out there who's saying like, I might be having trouble being honest with myself because my mind and my judgment is so clouded by outside opinions and things that I have been taught as I've gotten older. There's about six questions here. So the first one is, what do I really want? Tell me what I want. Oh my gosh, you're going to jingle after every single one? What I really, really want. Okay. Who sung that? Who sung that I song? I don't remember. Spice Girls, get okay. it together. Next. What do I really want? And again, guys, this can apply to any area of your life. What do I really believe in? This is a big one. Yeah. It's like, I think this is this will teach you eventually, like over the course of the, like your life years, your experience, like... When you really believe in something, like if you believe in you deserve your dream or you deserve something or you want it, you have to believe in it first. Don't doubt it. That is the most important thing. If you aren't 100% fully convinced that whatever you want, that you're going to get and that you already have it, you will likely never attain it. Here's an example. When it comes to men and women, when I was, I went through this huge like rebellious period of like five months of not dating anybody this is like four or five years ago and i wouldn't go on dates i wouldn't say yes to anything or anyone i got very honest with myself with what i wanted because life for me was getting very serious and i used to sit there and like you know write things out i've said this in previous episodes i forget which one it was and it's funny because some people would say to me that person doesn't exist nina and i swear to you with every fiber of my being I believed so hard without thinking that it was this schmuck over here I believed so hard that this person was out there like 100% like it's so it's it's embarrassing to admit these things now but I feel like it might help somebody because a lot of us girls watch TV and idolize certain things but I used to say that I want somebody like Eric Decker how he treats his wife I want someone like Mauricio Umansky, how he lets Kyle be however she wants to be. And I want someone like Croy Bierman with how very spiritual and very like open-minded he is. Those three marriages I have been keeping an eye on since like 2011, 2012. You can go on TV and check what seasons these all shows started. Oh, I also liked Joe Gorga and Melissa Gorga. Again, around that 2012 era. And I used to sit there and I'm like, hmm. You know, obviously likes to display her perfect male candidates off of reality tv stars listen but that's what i was watching every time i was studying for 12 14 this is around when i was taking the bar exam and like all these things that's what was in my mind so come when i'm like in the real world going to jobs you know like you know on and off with the uh, other guy and then like dating other people i was just like very my pool of people was not anything like these guys on tv okay and if you look at the physical attributes of these guys, they're all different looking. And actually not one of them is Nina type. But it was their personalities. It was how they treated their wives that I was looking at. How doting they were. How supportive they were. Never put their wives down. Never talked down to them. It's like, okay, honey, go ahead. Go ahead. Go do this. Go do that. Very much in sync um, couples and like best friends. There was no big arguments. Another popular band, Spice Girls, in sync. You know. What? continue what? and so you know that's what i believed in and i believed in it so much because that, I that, saw had, no, it. that had nothing to do with what you were saying yeah i don't know what you were just saying <laughs> so i believed in it and so i knew for a fact that if i had this desire in me and that's the kind of guy that i want who i'm not resisting with every single day like he's not my issue the world might be career might be something else but him and i are not the issue ever that's eventually what i manifested i eventually got just that and so you really, really, really have to believe in it. And if you're not there, if you ask yourself this question, you're like, oh, shit, 
I don't really believe in my dream guy. He really might not be out there. Then work, work on that. Wrong answer. Yeah. Figure it out. Work on it. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, work on that till you do believe in that, that you deserve exactly what you want. The third question you should ask yourself to help yourself be honest is what does success look like for me? Keyword here is look like. So, I mean, this could be anything. This could be a physical outward appearance. This could be your home, your car, your job, your clothes, anything. Like, what does it look like for you? What does your everyday look like? Then the fourth question is, what does success feel like for me? And in my opinion, the second question is even more important than the first. But you have to understand, you have to do the first question first to, d- to identify to feel feel it exactly because when you first identify what does it look like that is you putting a tangible description around exactly what it is that success looks like mm-hmm. then once you have that understanding then you have to start to resonate at the vibrational frequency of the feelings and emotions that occur once you have that success yeah so, like pretend you have your dream guy what does it feel like you know, you wait, when you wake up next tomorrow morning, if you're single, that will accelerate the manifestation of that. Agreed. Goal. You're waking up and you want to feel like there's somebody next to you that you're really in love with. You want to feel protected and safe. You want to feel that security net that you feel when you're in a relationship. You know, you want to feel like you're driving to dinner with somebody in the evening or when you're home, you want to feel like you're making food for two people as opposed to just one person. Start to be intentional with your feelings in just your life now. Didn't you do something similar um, pretending to talk to me in your car while we were while you were driving before I moved here? Yeah, I used to have conversations like you were here. <laughs> like a straight weirdo, but hey, it worked. No, no it I, I do this I for a lot of things. Like I will actually in my head or out loud, if I like am wanting to get a meeting with somebody or I'm wanting somebody to come in my life, I will legitimately like talk out loud to this person as if we like have a meeting. I do it in my car a lot when I'm driving. Yeah. Like I'm in a meeting and then I'm telling you within a matter of a couple weeks, it will happen. Like it'll just, like I'll get be like, oh, I'm, I need to connect you with this person. It's the person that I was trying to get the meeting with from actually. And I would, so it's like me taking, this is what success looks like. It's it's helping me accelerate that emotion of this is what it feels like by actually projecting myself into the scenario of it actually occurring. Like you're imagining. And by me talking. It's an imagination. It's an imagination. And by me talking to that person out loud, it like solidifies this frequency that I'm vibrating at to say, okay, now we understand. We're going to make it happen really fast. Agreed. Um, the fifth question, which I also believe is very important, is regardless of what other people think, what matters to me? This is where things can just blow up in your face and be like, wow, I don't even want to do that. You know, I don't even want that job. I've done it before and I hated it. Or I don't even want to do this. And when you say that, all of a sudden, these fears start creeping in. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? You know, if I don't say yes to this guy on Tinder, then I'm not going to get a date. There's nobody else here for this weekend. Like, what am I going to do? That's fear. You always have to go with the first thing of like, if you don't want it, you don't like it, just scratch it out. Like, be honest. Last question is, what is the life I believe I should be living? And this all comes back to that second one. It's, do you think that this life that you want, that you're trying to work for and dream up is out of your reach? Like some people, believe it or not, are raised to think that life is tough and they have to work hard and, you know, only this kind of guy is going to love you and, you know, you have to go for him because you're going to be single forever if you don't get married now. I understand that there are people that have, been raised to have those limiting beliefs that's not your fault 
You are now older and can make your own decisions and your own choices for yourself. And you can choose to believe in whatever it is that you want to believe in, not what you were told to believe in. And they're not true. The limiting beliefs. Yeah. There is no limit. Yeah, I agree. Somebody could say to us now, they could refute what you and I just went through. These six questions. And step one is being radically honest with yourself. And here's like the scientific part of it. I'm going to try to say this in like a clear, concise way. When you're being honest, that's a very emotional thing. Like, when, you know, we're talking about this in less than an hour. But this process, these six questions and this like honesty with yourself could take days, weeks, months, even years. This doesn't happen overnight because you're consistently peeling layers and layers of yourself. You might wake up tomorrow and do this exercise and think, huh, I actually don't really want that promotion. You know, it's going to come with a lot of things. I actually want to step into a different industry, you know. And when you come up with that, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, that's what I should be doing. I should be looking for another job in a different industry. But then the next morning you're going to wake up and be like, hmm, but I'd like to start in that industry maybe in like five years when I have enough capital put away. You see, like things will keep like pulling away at you. And so you're going to keep peeling. It's like peeling onions, uh, layers of onions off of your own self and your own mind. And one day it'll be something else. The next day it'll be something else. That's just a process. It takes time. But the more and more you keep practicing and doing it, the more authentic real you comes out. And someone could say, well, how do I know that's me? Or how do I know that I'm on the right path with that? And my answer to that would be that for me, This is how I knew I got the most resistance thrown back at me whenever I was trying to be me. At the same time, I was also very, I don't know the word, um, scared, very insecure with voicing my opinions, my new radical opinions and like changes that I wanted to make in my life that came out of left field. And so I would kind of hide, you know, I wouldn't share everything with everyone. I'd be very careful with what I said in my words. And I was also very afraid for people conversating with me and asking me something about that area of my life that I was in the middle of repairing or fixing or changing completely because I didn't want to, I didn't want to admit that. I didn't want to talk about it. I just knew that I was honest with myself and I was going to work on it alone like myself. Um, But this whole process is being emotional And I think this is why we lie in the first place, right? Because when we think about something we want that's different than what our families did or than what society does, we are scared of everybody looking at us and pointing at us and judging us and then telling us that we can't do it or we're stupid or that, you know, we disappointed them or that we'll never make it or we'll never make a city paycheck or I'll never get that guy because I'm X, Y, Z in my moods all the time. Like whatever it is. That's why we lie. So we lie to the outside world. Then to keep up that lie, we make these actions. You know, we take these actions to keep up with that lie. And then life continues to mirror us this fake life, this life that we don't even want, that we're not even interested in because we're not living authentically to ourselves. You have to be able to shut that out and actually come from within at all times. And I know that that sounds exhausting. And I think it is exhausting. But... I think that's a part of us being here on earth um, as humans with emotional capabilities, with a consciousness to think right from wrong. I think that's why we're here. And that's to learn 
how to like beat to your own drum. I think that's a part of part of part of the human process. Mm-hmm. Um, the second step to all of this to figuring this out, if I can find it, I lost it completely. Where did it go? Oh, here it is. Um, so once you're honest, step two is that you have to design and create your life day to day. And think about it this way. When you have to finish a project, when you have to do a proposal for somebody, don't you immediately have to go on your calendar and map out time and figure out what your next couple days will look like or next couple hours and rearrange things around so that you can get those proposals knocked out? Yeah. It's the same thing with our life. And not many of us think of life in such a, how do I, like a tactical way, you know? If you can actually block off 20 minutes in the morning, every morning, to set your intentions for that day and actually write them down, I guarantee you'll be more successful with it. It's the same concept, like for me personally, whenever I am doing a deal and I get to the point where I already have to generate a proposal for somebody, then I got to like look at my calendar and see all my other meetings that I have and then block off like an hour to put the proposal together and then make sure I review it and then wait a day or two and then send it to them. Um, You want to do the same thing with setting intention, right? So blocking off time. And since this is a daily occurrence and something you want to be consistent about to build that uh, habit, basically, you're going to want to do it every single day. And whatever time of the day is best for you, do it. It's best probably, in my opinion, in the morning. And then write it down and then make sure you hold yourself accountable for that throughout the day, right? So if you set your intentions during the day, go throughout the day. At the end of the day, take five minutes and look at them and say, "Was like hold yourself accountable. Like, did I hit my goals for my intentions? And if you didn't, no big deal. But track that. So that the next morning when you set your intentions, you move throughout that day and you ask yourself that evening, were you successful? Hopefully it's on day two, you were more successful than you were on day, on day one. And it'll get better and better each and every day. But by creating that mechanism of tracking, I'm sorry, of setting, holding yourself accountable, and then tracking whether you did it wrong or did it right, is okay. it doesn't matter. It's just that accountability mechanism will allow you to enhance it. Very good. Good job proud of you thank you you just did that off the top of your head top of the dome piece <laughs> i got a couple good things left up here um so anyways yes you want to maximize the amount of time that you spend on your top priorities you want to basically map out your day your week your year and see where you're going and then align your actions with your intentions with your goals that's how we get there and it could be for the simple stuff as we apply this to work but then we don't apply it to our fitness goals our relationship goals our life our home our friendships we don't really, we're not that methodical with, you know, other areas of our life, but I think we should be, at least we can try to be. And I think it would be very helpful. I think the more you can treat your daily life like, and I'm not saying to do this to suck the fun out of life. I mean, I know sometimes it's exhausting to be so methodical. Well, I think it's important from my perspective, because the more things that you can do and you can track and hold yourself accountable for, the better you're going to be, in my opinion. And the reason that is, is because it's so easy for people to set a goal and fail at it and then get upset and then never go back to it, right? Mm-hmm. How many people sign up for gym memberships as part of their new resolution. They work out for two, three weeks. Then all of a sudden they, you don't see them again until the next year when they set that same goal. 
if they were sitting there journaling, making themselves accountable, writing down what they did, reviewing it, like I guarantee those types of people have a better chance of success because of that accountability mechanism built back in. You can see what's going right, what's going wrong and how to iterate. Yeah. And the more areas of your life you can do that in, I think it makes it a lot easier for you to maintain new positive habits you're trying to create. Agreed. Step three. So we had step one, which is to be radically honest with yourself and answer those six questions to help you be honest with yourself. Step two was to design and be methodical about your life in your day-to-day, week-to-week, and yearly life to help you get what you want so that you're not the person standing there saying, you know, why I don't ever get what I want. No, you can once you get honest with yourself and put some design behind your life. And the third step is, is to continually clarify your your path your life clarify your honesty with yourself go back in and continuously you know say am i still doing what i want to do and is this still going the way that i wanted to go basically do not let your success eat you up and get you get caught in the maze this happens to a lot of people and you and i have discussed this before too that once we do reach our and it's an easy example so that's why i'm going to use it when you and i reach that financial goal what are we going to do I play that game all the time. Like, we're not just going to sit home. You know, we're not just going to go, okay, fine, let's go travel the world for like a year or six months. Then what? Right? There's always something that you kind of want to do beyond that. However, you were still naive in this stage. We still don't understand the path and the journey to attain that goal for ourselves. And so it's to not get lost that if it takes five years, eight years, 10 years, and then we're still, we're just so, so into it, so much involved in our work and our businesses that we forgot to play, that we forgot why we wanted this financial freedom anyway. That's one of our goals, by the way. Financial freedom is our goal um, at a very early young age for ourselves. And so, but it's to be able to go do the things that we want, give to the charities that we want, be involved in what we want every day, that we define our day after that. And here, here's an example that can, ha- that, I read and it like hit me well. Pretend that there's an author and he writes a book and he becomes a very well-renowned author and he starts spitting out books like every other year, New York's bestsellers. Along with these books come book tours and he starts to meet people. Five years into all this gig and he loves writing. He lives for it. Like let's say he quit his legal job because he just loves to write but wants to write like fantasy fiction novels. So he's five years into this doing great, doing phenomenal all New York Times bestsellers. But then five years in, he realized like he's getting asked to do big speaking tours around the world along with his book tours. So now he's like talking on stage about whatever it is along with his writing books and doing everything. And he finds himself to be extremely exhausted now. Like he was a writer. He was an author. When did he ever become a speaker? And the point of this is that when you do reach success and you are in the throes of your life and you do kind of climb the ladders of your corporate job or of your job, or of your career, whatever it is, or of your passion, I believe, and I said this to you a couple of days ago, opportunities and doors and people come to you. You could be at a job for six or seven years at a desk job and get a promotion or get a bonus, right? Or get some sort of recognition for your job there. And you might think now that, oh man, I hated my job yesterday, but today I got a bonus. You know, like I've had this job for three years, but today I got a promotion. That means more pay. Okay. But are you still doing what you want to do? Or are you letting that external 
bonus and promotion keep you there now. So you will, quote unquote, look like success on the outside. You know, it's like, oh, wow, she got a promotion after so many years. She got a bonus, too. And now this and she just keeps climbing up the ladder in her company. But you might be so unhappy internally. And so then you're always going to be out there in the world saying, I never get what I want. I never get what I want. You weren't focused on the promotion and the money. You're trying to figure out what you want to do to make you happy every single day. So that's what you have to continuously hone in on without, of course, you know, hard work. Listen, it takes hard work for anything you want to do. But we all know the difference between hard work and something that you're just absolutely forced to do that's against your soul. So in doing so, um, this speaker, quote unquote, he has to like step away and say, listen, I'm, I just want to write books. I don't want to do speaking gigs. I don't care how much they cost. This is exhausting for me. I don't even like being in front of that many people. I don't like to travel as much as I've been traveling. It takes away from my writing, actually. It doesn't give me time to think and just step away from the world to just sit down and write as I normally like to do. And so that's what I mean by continuously clarifying your path and not getting lost in your success because it's so easy to just say yes to all these opportunities that just start to come about. Yeah, and I think as a tactical step to test this out for people, I recommend people do this for their personal life, whether they're I mean, using it for setting goals for a career or for it personal could be things. Yeah. But I'm what I'm saying is do similar to what we do with the companies that we work with. I think this could be really helpful for people. Do it in a three month timeline. Like you just mentioned, like this person liked writing books, right? Mm -hmm. And then became speakers. Set your goal on like a three month timeline for what your goals are and then break that down into like a 12 weeks, right? And on a weekly basis, figure out what is it that I'm doing each and like this, this week to make sure I'm driving towards that goal. And at the end of the week, hold yourself accountable and take a look at everything, right? And figure out what are the measurable metrics that you're gonna define to see if you're moving towards your goal. And then once you get to the end of three months, you'll probably be amazed by doing that, how far along you actually come on something. But at the end of that three month period, which is only 12 weeks, you can sit there and say, am I still aligned with what my overall goal is? Or did I shift from being an author to a speaker? And I'm really not as happy being yeah. a speaker because that's that's enough time where you're not going to see yourself five years down the line and realize, you know, oh shit. Well, my thing with that is that I don't think doors and opportunities just blow open after 12 weeks. No, no, they don't. But I think it'll put you on a path to understand, you know, break your year out into four quarters, right? Like 12 weeks, 12 weeks, yeah. 12 weeks, 12 weeks. And you'll grow over that time period. Obviously, everything takes time. Nothing's an overnight success. But throughout that process, it really helps you to, to stay aligned with what are your overarching goals or see if you've maybe gotten off the beaten path a little bit. You need to realign yourself. Yeah. That's all. That's kind of the point I was getting at. You that was the to, end. You need to continuously stay in touch with yourself, continuously be honest with yourself. And you also have to have the guts to say no faster than anything else when an opportunity arises because it's just not what you're into. Listen, I'll be the first one to say that if I was to get an opportunity for something like that, I would probably say yes. Isn't my ultimate goal and align with me? No, but I have to be aware in that moment. And I'm not saying say no without experiencing it. No, go say yes and experience it, but then don't get caught in it, you know, like a spinning thing because they're paying you well and it's just a part of this. And now you can grow it into something big. If it's not what you want, then don't do it. And something that's good about those accountability mechanisms with that is that you can learn pretty quickly if what you're spending your time and energy on every day is actually producing the results to get you to what your intention is versus you're being really busy, but you're not moving the needle forward to what your intention is. Um, and that's a really important distinction to make. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I think I lost you right there. So basically, say you set this, in, let's use your example. Say you set this intention and you want to be an author, right? And so you go and you're starting to do things to become an author and you're writing, whatnot. And then you get to the point where you're trying to get your book out there, okay? Maybe your, your next intention for that is you got to distribute your book, right? What if you start doing a bunch of tasks that you think in your level of experience is going to get you closer to that? But if you really took a step back after a couple of weeks of doing it and held yourself accountable, you'd realize, you know what? I was just being really busy, but I wasn't actually moving the needle forward to get my book out there. And so the by, by holding yourself accountable for doing that, you can learn if you're just being really busy or if the in- energy that you're, that you're putting out and the task that you're working on actually set you towards the intention that you set of getting your book out there to people. So you're saying be honest with yourself again. Be, be honest with yourself. Yeah, that's correct. Um, success will happen. Success must happen. But it can only happen when you start living the life that you want and not getting lost when success comes. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to get lost in success. And that's where the third step, what we're just wrapping up right now is don't get caught up in it. Don't be caught doing other things that don't align with it. I'm all for saying yes to things and trying them out, but don't be like a cog in the wheel or someone who's getting blown away with things and still being unhappy. Um, with that also being said, always reel it back in and say, is this for status? A lot of the times you will say yes to an opportunity because you want to be known as that speaker. A renowned author, New York Times bestseller, and a worldwide speaker, and this and that. And it's just like, don't get hung up on that status of what it is that you're doing because ultimately at the end of it, you will never be fulfilled because the one day that that status is gone, which we all retire one day, we all stop doing what we're doing someday, you hit a very, very deep, dark, depressive state And I'm not going to get into it. I'll just hit on it briefly about the person that you had met. And it's like when you lose that title of who you are and what you were at a a job or in a career, you don't know who you are all of a sudden. And your happiness was attached to that egotistical status of like being a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, whatever you were doing. So don't be um, controlled by that. Don't measure your success by your title whatsoever, only by your happiness. I have two books for this. The first one's Essentialism. Do you remember the author on that? Yeah, it is. Hold on, I actually have it right here. The name of that author is Greg McCown. This book, I think, does a very good job, and I've mentioned this book before, but it just tells you of like what needs to be done, what is necessary in your life, and it does so in, in like your thought process. So I think that's a very helpful book for somebody trying to figure it out. And the second book is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Um, Tolle. I believe that your life is now. And when you start from step one and move your way down to step three, so step one, two, and three, and trying to figure out why you're not getting what you want, and now you're trying to move on to, I can have and do whatever I want. In these steps, I think learning that in this moment, what decision I make, what thoughts I think, what actions I take, what desires I have when you're honest with yourself, all shape and design your life. Don't look at the past. Don't look at the fact that maybe you didn't go to school for something that you want to get into now. Don't look at what um, other people in your industry have backgrounds in. Don't look all the way towards the future where you can't even see. I think you just have to be always, always present. You have to be present to be honest with yourself, and that consistently changes. Your desires will change. Your needs will change. Things that make you happy will change. So there's that you know constant checking in with yourself. When you're designing your life and creating your life and executing on in step two, 
that requires you to be in the now wholeheartedly. And in the third one, when you're making sure that you're not going off balance and getting wrapped up into success, again, that brings you into the now moment and makes you question yourself and say, am I still doing the thing that makes me happy? Is this still me? That was good. So those are those are two good books. Again, book, uh, the first one was Essentialism and the second one was The Power of Now. I actually did a funny exercise today. I was going through and listening to one of the books that I'm on and uh, I was curious. I was like, you know, I think I, I've like been just cruising through books lately. I, I love listening to Audible. Like every time I'm driving or working out, I'm always listening to books and I just consume all my books that way. And I went through and I calculated how many books I've completed so far this year. And I posted them all on my story. If anybody's interested, you can go check them out. But uh, and so far this year, I've read 31 books and uh, I still have what, two and a half months until the end of the year. So I bet I'll, pro- I'll, pro- I'll probably get up around 35 to 40 books before the end of the year. I'm, right now I'm going through about a book every week to a week and a half. So I may even get a little higher than that. But my goal eventually is I want to do a book a week at a minimum. Um, that was really cool. So the quote that we're going to end on today, everybody, is being dishonest with yourself is how you fail at life. That's what the whole episode is about. You know, like you are you're not getting what you want because you're not being honest with yourself. So you're constantly doing things and saying things that other people want to hear or you think that you have to live up to. And so that's what you're getting back. And I think one of the most challenging things for people to do is around this being dishonest with yourself or being honest with yourself, which is accountability is where that comes from. And a lot of, I see a lot of people that will try to hold other people accountable for what they do and oh what their God. actions. I try to hold you accountable every single, every <laughs> but they, but they second will, of the of your breathing life. Yeah, so it, it's. I feel like it's easy for people to try to hold others accountable, which comes from a place of ego and control and judgment. But it's very challenging for people to hold themselves accountable. Like when you look in the mirror and you ask yourself life's most important questions and these questions around setting the right intentions that are going to be true to yourself and honest with yourself, are you actually holding yourself accountable and being honest there? That's a very challenging thing to do. But once you have the conscious awareness to actually succeed with that, you're going to notice just a tremendous benefit and you're going to start to accelerate a lot faster in the things that you're working towards. Agreed. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. Hope you enjoyed it. And as usual, we love the comments, reviews, suggestions, whatever it is. Message me at Nina Pal Dixon on Instagram. Message Brian at Brian Dixon 06. Feel free to reach out to us. Tell us what you think about it. And of course, if you guys got any value from this, please, please, please go on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. And something I'd like to note, too, is when we're doing these episodes, we often talk about a lot of high overarching themes and stuff and then we also try to mix in more like tactical steps um, if you think that we should do should not do that or put more of a balance in there because I think it's important to not only understand the theme but also have like tactical things you can go do to implement your in that life if you have feedback on that let us know I'd love to know what you all think about that and if you find it valuable thanks guys thanks bye-bye